Welcome to the Light Reading Podcast. I'm Phil Harvey. I'm an editor at Light Reading. And this podcast is all about uh, Mitch Wagner's coverage of the Cisco Silicon One announcement this week. Hello, this is Mitch Wagner from Light Reading uh, here at the Big Cisco announcement in San Francisco. Uh, Mitch Wagner, uh, our Light Reading correspondent, is in San Francisco this week. He's covering Cisco's announcement that they are building the internet for the next decade of digital innovation. Um, What it really means is Cisco has got its act together in terms of uh, modernizing its software, its silicon, and its uh, uh, equipment in general to uh, work with a faster and more secure internet and to be more flexible so that it can fit in with the economic realities that service providers have to adhere to as they're building out their networks in order to address the capacity brought on by more fiber access and more 5G. Um, They're saying this is the internet for the 5G era, and it's true. The internet for the 5G era needs to be as cost-effective and move bits from one place to the other uh, as cheaply as possible because no one's paying for 5G. It was a huge miscalculation on the on the part of the entire industry that 5G would somehow bring a lot of consumer dollars. What 5G is really doing is uh, amplifying and, and bringing in a lot of volume and a lot of reach, and that will make the business uh, side of 5G more profitable down the road. So for that economic shift to happen, uh, companies like Cisco who build the architecture of the internet have to really address the way their uh, equipment is built, the way it works together, and the way it works with other components and other uh, boxes and uh, other technologies in the industry. So it's all about uh, new silicon, new software, new routers for Cisco. And Mitch will get into the details. Uh, Here's the order of the clips. First, uh, we'll have Mitch interviewing Jonathan Davidson. He's the service provider boss at Cisco, the one in charge of uh, all of the uh, things that are being developed and being worked on for this announcement. Uh, Next, Mitch will talk to Ray Moda of ACG Research. Ray is an independent analyst, but he's been watching the networking space forever and has covered Cisco uh, even longer than that. Um, So he'll give his impression on uh, what this means for Cisco, the company, and also what it means for the direction that service providers are going to need to go in, um, you know, to address these uh, huge spikes in traffic that we're seeing with 5G. Um, Finally, uh, Mitch does a straight-to-camera piece where he sort of recounts all the stuff he's reported and then digests it and then gives his perspective at the end there. So we'll get Jonathan Davidson, Ray Moda, and of course, Light Reading's Mitch Wagner. And that's all coming up right now. Everybody, this is Mitch Wagner from Light Reading. I'm here at a big uh, Cisco event in San Francisco with Jonathan Davidson. Jonathan, what's your title at Cisco? Remind me again, please. I am the Senior Vice President and General Manager of the Service Provider Business. Okay. Which basically means I'm responsible for engineering, 
product management for mobility, optical, cable, routing, and automation. All right, so tell us about what your news is here today. It looked, it looked pretty big. It's very big. So we're very excited to be able to, to share, uh, finally, with everyone what we've been working on for the past several years. So a whole new family of platforms, the Cisco 8000 series, that's based on a clean sheet architecture uh, for the Silicon One, and also a reimagined OS with iOS XR7, which brings a whole new level of simplicity, brings a whole new level of trustworthiness directly baked into the software tied directly down to the hardware. And of course, we've enhanced it with the first carrier class network OS that is cloud enhanced with a couple of really important cloud services. Okay, so let's go step by step on this. Let's start with the silicon. What's, what's, what's the importance there? What's the big deal? So the silicon is, is a clean sheet architecture from the people who've been building silicon for the past two plus decades. And so they're able to look at how do we go and take the, the features that we need from a routing perspective and the performance and power savings that you need from a switch perspective, be able to combine those into a common entity so you can have a common engine regardless of where it sits inside of your network infrastructure. And so they've been able to accomplish the impossible. Uh, and so we're very excited about that. That clean sheet architecture really, really helped. We have the world's fastest routing silicon at 10.8 terabits on a single chip. And also you can use that single chip not only for a line card, but for the fabric, as well as for a system on a chip. So if you have a single CPU or single ASIC-based system at 10.8 terabits, you just need one chip. And that is revolutionary. No one else in the industry can touch us from a, from a routing perspective. So why is it important to have the same silicon at different points in the network? Why does that matter? Well, it's great for, for anyone who's building a network OS to have consistency of being able to write to a common SDK so that I can generate features faster from an operator perspective, so from the service provider perspective, I'm actually able to go and get consistency of behavior, consistency of operations, and I can integrate new technology into my network faster. And if I can integrate technology into my network faster, that means I can take advantage of that innovation cycle, which is coming out every 12, 18 months, and then integrate that into my network, which means my cost structure drops more rapidly, and also my operational costs will drop as well because I'm getting consistency across all of my platforms, across my entire network. Okay, so now you actually have uh, the 8000 line that you just announced today. Yes. Talk about that a little bit, please. So Cisco 8000, uh, we're doing a little bit differently. So the software, the XR7 software, we actually started shipping that back in August of this year on a different platform. Okay. The Cisco 8000, we started shipping to paying customers in October of this year. So it's already been shipping for a couple of months. And then we're going to generally make that available uh, in, in the first half of next calendar year. So we decided to... We're launching and we're already shipping. How often does that happen in service provider? Um, not only that, but we feel as though we're very ahead of where the competition is because they launched things six to eight months ago and they haven't even shipped yet. But from a paper-to-paper -paper perspective, we know we're already better than what they announced six months ago and they haven't shipped. So they've got a ways to catch up. And I know in the past, we've been leapfrogging with core routers, like we're faster, they're faster, we're faster, they're faster, but we think we've hit a point in time where it's going to be very difficult for them to catch up because of this clean sheet approach and silicon systems and software. Okay, and let's talk about the software yeah. a little bit. What's, what's, what's the highlights there? So, so we've reimagined the software. We actually spent a lot of time removing code from, uh, from the software. We also are enabling our customers to pick the capabilities and features they want. They can build what we call a golden image that they can then download onto the system, which means the image is smaller which means it downloads faster across their infrastructure, um, but also means they don't have things in it that they, they, they don't want inside of, that, inside of that package. We also have 
built it from a trustworthy perspective, which means is you have a piece of hardware with trust anchor module, which then hands off to the software, and we can validate that the hardware is the hardware, the software is the software, but we also can do it at runtime as well. So we're going to validate on an ongoing basis that the system is secure and trusted. And then we're going to help you understand what's happening across your entire network because we have a cloud-based service to let you know visibility across every element in your network that this is a trusted system. And by the way, we didn't say it on stage, but this is not just for the Cisco 8000. This cloud service is for any router that we've been shipping for the past two years. Okay, so what, what is the importance to service providers here? Why does this matter? Why should they care? Well, every service provider wants to be able to reduce their CapEx cost. And as they're moving to 400 gig, you need a cost-effective platform that enables them to do that. So having something that has 75 to 80% less power per 100 gig port is revolutionary. So that's what a clean sheet approach gives you, is dramatic power savings. There's also going to be phenomenal operational savings as well, not just because of what I talked about um, from the cloud perspective on trust. We talked a little bit on stage about the cloud enabling them to more rapidly test our product with their configuration and their version of code that they want to go out to market with uh, in a cloud-based environment, which means that they can go from three, six, nine, 12 months of testing down to a few days of testing, and then they can put that product into their network, which means that if they can accelerate the time to new product, it means they can decrease their costs over time because they're getting that innovation faster. Okay, so when we talk to service providers, what they're, what they're demanding from us is um, they want more disaggregation, more open systems, more movement to white boxes, um, multi-vendor sourcing rather than a single source. And here you're coming and saying, hey, we have everything. We're all set. That's kind of moving in the opposite direction from the industry, isn't it? How are you going to work that? So I think having the, the different people on the panel today uh, talking about how we're actually not just have this one system, the Cisco 8000 family, but that we've embraced these different business models. Let's so, back up for a second. When you say different people on the panels today, what, what, what right. class of people, what kinds of people? So uh, they have, obviously, I'll go through one at a time, right? Okay. So, we talked uh, to Chris Rice, at and okay. who talked about iOS XR and how that can work on white boxes from other silicon vendors and go to any ODM. And so obviously that is one angle, right? So you take this XR7, which is disaggregated, so it could run on our platforms and it could run on any third-party merchant silicon as well. So that's exciting news, so people can buy that if they would like to. Um, the second is we talked to Facebook, and we've been partnering uh, with them through TIP and OCP on how to take silicon to OCP, the new Silicon One family, but also if someone wants to take that silicon and put it in, a, in an ODM chassis and use that with their own OS, they can go do that. Um, we talked uh, with Microsoft today, with Yousef on stage, about how you can take the Sonic software and put that directly onto the Cisco 8000 family, which enables you to go and, for the first time, Sonic on a distributed system. This has never happened before, and we're partnering with them to make that happen. Uh, and then, of course, you had Noam uh, Raffaele from Comcast who talked about that integrated system, how that integrated system really makes sense for how Comcast builds out their infrastructure as the market-leading subscri home subscriber in the United States. Okay. So it's a phenomenal panel. All right, great. Well, thank you very much, Jonathan. Thank you. Uh, next, Mitch will talk to Ray Moda of ACG Research, 
Ray Moda, who is CEO and Principal Analyst at ACG Research. Thanks that is for joining correct. us. Yeah, yeah, thank you, thank you. So uh, what, did, uh, what did Cisco talk about today? Walk us through it. Yeah, no, I mean, if you look at Cisco, I think it's, it's basically broken up into a few parts. They talked about the software side of announcement. They talked about the silicon part of it, and then the optics piece of it, right? Okay. And the whole idea is as you move to the future, all these things need to be better integrated from that piece. So in my opinion, I think it's a big announcement for Cisco. Okay, so what do they, what do, they do for software? What do they do for silicon? What do they do for optics? In, yeah, in yeah, so if you look at the silicon, they have this product, which they call in the silicon itself, the Q100 from that point of view. And then the system that's being developed from that is the Cisco 8000 series, right? Now, the, the important part of that is that if you look at, let's say, a use case like 5G, which is being deployed, that you're seeing initially a lot of the uh, customers aren't paying a premium for 5G, right? So no, if let's, not let's, back, let's back up yeah. a second. I think the product is the Cisco One, right? Well, the, I mean, the, the silicon yeah. is the Cisco Silicon One, right? Right. But the actual product for it is the Q100. For right. right. Yeah. So that, that's right. the switching so router. Silicon One, right. Okay. For the switching and routing piece right there. So the system that's being developed for that silicon is the Cisco 8000 product okay. there for that piece there, right? And if you look at from from that product perspective, right, it addresses some key areas. If you look at, there were a lot of mistakes that were made in 4G considering the mobile backhaul, all the bandwidth when you saw the iPhone and all those smartphones take traffic. Now, if you're looking at 5G, if customers aren't getting a premium or paying a premium, that means that the service providers need to focus on efficiency and reducing the OPEX of delivering the service. Otherwise, they're going to be in a situation where you saw Sprint announce where it was three to five times more traffic than 4G. Right, which is amazing, right? From that, so you're going to offer three to time, three to five times more traffic with no additional premium. And if that's the case, you need to make sure you operationalize the cost of delivering those packets. So if you look at with this particular product, you're getting about four kilowatts per gigabit, and and the pricing of delivering the service is more important, right? So they implemented things like automation right and simplification with the product and then the nice thing about that is that this is able to grow cross domain from the access to the aggregation all the way to the uh, to the data center piece so if you're delivering service let's say like network slicing later on the only way to get the true benefits is by simplifying it so you can scale and then doing the automation uh, side of it there. Yeah. okay yeah all right and so um, basically the idea is here that Cisco is trying to provide the tools that will let service providers <coughs> deliver the increased bandwidth needs while keeping costs correct. in line. Correct. Right. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, because they need to figure out how to maintain their profitability as traffic grows. Right. Okay. Yeah, that's right. All right. All right. So who does this hurt? What, what's the competitive picture? Yeah, no, I mean, well, I, I think if you look, it hurts a bunch of, of vendors uh, in that area. So if you look at from the... Uh, switching side, right, because it does switching and routing, this, this particular product, right? So for the performance where you have about 10.8 terabit type performance, it hurts, let's say, the Arista on the data center side. And you saw the announcement, they actually had Microsoft uh, on there with the Assure group. Uh, but then it also hurts the traditional routing vendors or impacts them, whether it's uh, Juniper or Nokia who've been playing in these particular areas, and it'll be interesting to see their reactions in that area there. Okay, any final thoughts? 
Well, I think one of the things also that I like about it is that it addresses another need for the cloud providers. With the web scalers, they've been all about modularity in the areas. And if you look at the way they designed this particular architecture, customers are able to do kind of like a tip mentality where they can plug and play different pieces based on the need. So it'll be interesting to see how those economics, but having people like Facebook, which has been big on this modularity of the system, is important because now Cisco's able to give different pricing, different solutions. If you need this system, if you need that part of it, I think that's a key, key thing to see and moving forward there. Hello, this is Mitch Wagner at Light Reading. I'm here at Cisco's Future for the Internet event in San Francisco on a gray and cloudy and rainy day. Um, just sat through a whole morning of uh, presentations here and really came away with um, an impressed feeling about the ambition and scope of this announcement and how successful this is going to be, of course, remains to be seen. But um, this is a big deal for Cisco, and it, my first impression is it looks like they're bending the business on this for the next generation. I'm not kidding. Um, or at least for the next 10 years. So what did they announce today? Um, they announced uh, a new architecture called Cisco Silicon One, obviously for silicon. This is a set of chips and silicon that will span multiple different places in the network. Rather than having to build specialized ASICs for each individual place on the network uh, with their own software and their own APIs and their own operational complexity, it's just one piece of silicon that fits wherever you're going in the network, no matter what job you're doing. They have an operating system that goes along with that silicon and that redu reduces components and simplifies and also they're adding testing. They've also got an optical component to it to, to kind of decrease the cost of optics, putting it all together. Um, they've got an interesting new economic model that I'm going to be looking at for the next couple of days and trying to explain to you a little bit better. But basically it looks like they're, they're, they're componentizing a lot more than they have been. You can put the chips and run other people's software on it and build it into other people's system. You can have software on other people's hardware, Cisco software on other people's hardware. This uh, goes in the direction of disaggregating, opening things up, and um, enabling more choice for network operators. And, and really, it looks like it puts Cisco in a direction of in a components business that it hasn't been in before. So what's the, what does this mean to service providers? Um, they talked today about the problems that you guys are already already familiar with. Basically, network demand is increasing, which they pointed out is actually good. If you're in business and people want your products more, that's great. Um, but ARPU is going down. The revenue per user is, is declining while demand is increasing. Operational costs, they said, are remaining the same. Put it all together, that's a real squeeze for service providers. And Cisco is claiming that it can help service providers out of that quandary by simplifying operations all the way across the board. So, like I said, looks like Cisco's betting the business here on this. Um, my first impression, I may feel foolish about this in a day or a week or years. My first, my first impression is that Cisco is going to succeed or fail on this business. Either they're going to take ownership of the internet, or at least their part of the internet, for a decade or a generation, or they'll be teaching this in business school as Cisco's spectacular failure, one or the other. Um, I don't see much middle ground here. Anyway, pretty exciting announcement. That's it for today. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to the Light Reading Podcast. This podcast is edited and produced by Tian Fu in New York. Our show notes are all available at lightreading.com. As a reminder, you can get the Light Reading Podcast from Apple Podcasts, 
Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, and dozens of other platforms and apps. Thanks again for listening, and thanks for getting your telecom news from lightreading.com.